0: Okay, so I'm going to record the introduction without you, if that's okay. You're drinking your tea. We're prepared to record a podcast, but we need to tell people about the most important thing they can do to help us move forward and move up. In the meantime, is to go to manifestsimplicity.com, put your email address in the little box, click subscribe, and then what that will mean is that on a Friday, when the new essay comes out, you will get an email that says, Boom! A new essay has come out. It won't say that. It will just say, a new essay has come out, and you you are going to be one of the first ones to read it because you got a notification saying that it's available. Okay, so, go to your... Who are you texting? (laughs) Go to manifestsimplicity.com. Put your email address in the box. I'll wait. Click subscribe. Good. Yeah, click accept. Well done. Um, and now welcome. That's it. You're one of us. One, one of us. One, one of us. us. You're in the cult and it is for the greater good. Stop saying the greater good. because people need to know how ridiculously difficult it is to record a podcast with you. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Manifest Simplicity, where we discuss intentional living, minimalism, and searching for meaning in a world obsessed with more. I'm Mick. I'm Craig. And together we run a website called manifestsimplicity.com. We post essays, short thoughts, recommendations, and our rules for living a more meaningful life. Craggs, what are we talking about on today's show? We, 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 is gonna be looking at a little bit of McFlurry. McFlurries?
1: (laughs) McFlurries. Man Like Mackie's, The Meaning Behind the Minimalism, again, part two, and pigeons, mate. (laughs) All the pigeons.
0: Sky rats. Sky rats. That's what they are. Floor dwellers. Yeah. Ezra has learned that when he sees a pigeon, he should go, bleh. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Did you teach him that? I think Holly taught him, but it's so funny. That's bad. Yeah, it's good.
1: Uh, anyway, you know what happens before we get into the good news section. Yes, what happens? We need to ask you some questions. Alright, hit me with some questions. Me and the listeners want to know what's made you angry this week or a little bit frustrated.
0: Um, I'm getting sick. Expand on that. I'm getting a bit ill. I've been working too hard. Alright. getting up too early, staying up too late. And doing lots of stuff in the middle. So you've hit burnout. So I've burnt myself out, and which is mean I'm getting ill and I'm probably gonna have to eat a lot of soup. Ooh,
1: soup, so I've, do you
0: like soup? I love tomato soup. I love a tomato soup. Now I've got one tin of chicken that I'm saving for the worst day. You know the okay. you know the day where you're like, okay, cool, now I need to die. Yeah. That day I'm death. Gonna, That day I'm gonna eat chicken soup. Yeah. Um, what else has annoyed me? It's raining, load of family stuff going on. Yeah. But apart from that, yeah, I'm just getting ill. Yeah, no, Ill, ill's, like
1: ill's the peak, like ill's, ill's the so top. Mad. Yeah, I don't like being
0: ill. But now, tell me what's made you happy. Um. So, what you if you have listened to previous episodes of the podcast, you'll know that I write music. You do. I you never tell me more. I never talk about it. You you never you never ever ever in like forever have spoken about how you do music. Yeah, we don't talk about you you and your dog or photography, or music, or running. Those are the things we never talk no, about. No, we should tell people about music. Yeah, okay. Like, so your music. I write music, and I am writing more music now, right? Oh, so okay. I went through a load of old hard drives and tried to track down a load of old productions and songs I'd written, um, which was like a really weird walk down memory lane of songs that I wrote when I was... There's songs on there that I wrote with my brother Pete when he was... Wait, how do I... Um, he was... I can hear the cogs turning. Yeah, they're turning. Click 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 click. He was 12.
1: That means nothing to me cuz I don't
0: know how in relation to you. He's I'm 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 5 years older than him. Right, okay. So you were 17. I was 17 and he was 12. I think that's right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Or yeah, maybe is... I was 18 and he was 12. Right, okay. Um and we wrote a song called Hollow. Oh. But Pete wrote it. And oh. I I just did all the production for it. Still stands. Still a good song. How many years later? I mean, how many other people have listened to it?
1: Because you were part of the production, so you. Yeah, we're gonna. You, I'm you gonna saying it's a good song is pretty biased.
0: Well, yeah, it's, I know. I know it's a good song. Oh right, okay. Yeah. I can sing it back. That's how you know. It's is good. that because you used to do music? Yeah, because yeah, I used to do a lot of music. You did music, right? Yeah, okay. Um, and now I do music again. Um, anyway, I tracked down some old music on a hard drive, which was lovely. But the other thing, I found a hard drive that's got ten years of production and songwriting stuff on it. It's got projects, old album releases, covers, things I recorded with other people, but the hard drive's got a mechanical failure. So none of the data is available to access, meaning that I'm going to have to spend exorbitant amounts of money to get the data recovered by some third party company. So much money. So much money. Um, But yeah, it made me happy to track down, to track down music again, old music. Mm. And I found a load of like, um, Productions I'd done as like a, like a in inverted commas a workout. Bunny ears. Yeah. We've not done that for a while. Bunny ears. We've not done that for yeah. a while. The only other thing we've not done for a while is the thing where you put Synergy. your you make you make your hands join together Interlock. in the middle. interlocking your fingers and you do it slowly in front of your face and that tells you that things are synced up perfectly. Um, yes. So I found a load of productions I did as a workout to like. Practice producing dubstep or produ- practice producing house music, and they are awful. Oh right, they're <laughs> bad. Why don't what I was thinking? There's a lot of like dubstep workouts. So on there. they survived. The good music did not. There's a lot of good music that didn't make it. Oh <laughs> crap! So I'm gonna have to go through data recovery to find it all again, basically.
1: Uh, and. Who do you want to shout out this week? There's two shout outs this week. Well, I know one of them because we've literally just found out about it.
0: Ezekiel Julius Erineo Erineo Omosebi. Omosebi. Boom. Full name. Man like Julius. Zeke's from our job. Just got engaged to his lovely, lovely fiance now. And she said no. No, she the, said yes. Well, no, they got engaged, so that implies that she said yes. Oh, yeah, it does. My bad. You Never mind. Never mind. Um, so, Zeke has. we've not heard the story of how it happened yet. We're waiting for the group chat to blow up when he tells us what's going on. Yeah. But he had some, like, elaborate plans. He was, he's borrowed a GoPro off me to film the,
1: like, uh, and one of his friends, I think, to film the whole oh, thing. Oh, he's so good. He's clever. Yeah. I'd clever, ma- clever. I'd marry him. I probably would. Yeah, Instagram. I probably
0: would. So, shout out to Zeke's. Well done for getting engaged. And for Zeke's new fiancé, congratulations. you got to put up with him, with him for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. My, um, life. my other shout out is from my dad. He didn't send me 50 quid, but he did send me a spare tyre for my car. Ooh. So, I have a large car, which needs a large spare tyre. Large spare tyre. Big, my ball tyre. My dad is one of those dads who... When he, uh, yeah, when you need something doing, you're like, Dad, I need this doing. He's like, no, I'm not doing it. And then he does it. Right, okay. He's like, Dad, I really need a spare tire. I've broken down once before and had a flat and I had to get driven to, like, the the AA guy put on the flaming small tire and you get driven to a, like, a garage and they just dump you there and they're like, right, get a new tire fitted. Right, start off nicely. Yeah. So, and I've I've been running on just the four I have, but my dad sent me a spare one. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Okay, it's 50 quid. It is 50 quid and a an new tyre. So, we've got
1: a bit of good news.
0: Yes. Um, hit me with your good news. Do so you want me to tell you
1: all about how millennials are causing the US divorce rate to plummet? Tell me. I'm going to tell you. That's it. Uh, that That's that, I mean, that's literally it. Well done, millennials.
0: Do um, so so we it count looks, as millennials? I was... I, I'm... i tw- How old are you? 28. I'm 12, 28. 27. I'm 28. I'm 28 this year. Yeah, I'm 29 this year. Jeez. Ooh. God, I'm so oh, old. Oh, it's a pigeon. <laughs> oh, oh, pigeon. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Americans under the age of 45 have found a novel way to rebel against their elders. They're staying married. Ooh. Well done. Uh, above, the, above the age of what? 45. Uh, under the age of 45. Okay,
0: so I'm technically under the age of 45 because I'm 28. Um, however, I am divorced.
1: I mean, this is US,
0: mm. so I can't... We can try and find the statistics
1: for the UK, but I don't know if there's been a study done. However, new data sh- new data shows younger couples are approaching relationships differently from baby boomers who married young, divorced, remarried, and so on. Generation X, and especially millennials, are being pickier about who they marry, tying the knot at older ages when education, careers, and finances are on track. Yeah. The result is a US divorce rate that dropped 18% from 2008 until 2016, According to analysis by the University of Maryland sociology professor Philip Cohen.
0: Okay, so they do, basically millennials are doing it right. They wait until they've got all their shit together, and then they're finding someone to share it with. Yeah, Which like that's. not. Our, our parents did all that stuff the other way around. Yeah, so they our parents
1: probably. Well, my parents were never married, but like I imagine a lot of parents that are older than forty five just got married, still wanted to focus on their careers and education. Yeah, like my my parent my parents got married
0: it. and then. My friends got married and then... They, they already had three kids when they got married. Oh. My mum my mom worked at the BBC and my dad was a sound engineer. And they're just kind of like... They, when they first bought our house, they had a... My mum is so organised that she had a chart for the month. And they, could, they worked out which month they could afford to not pay which bill in order to survive they so okay. like, right, well, if we don't pay the heating this month, they won't cut it off until the month after, but then we can pay it just before they cut it off, and then they'll put it back on. And then, <laughs> no, like, that's smart. Yeah, so they worked out how to kind of game the system a little bit, but they didn't have any of their shit together when they first got together.
1: Not a clue. Interesting. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, it seems to think
1: here, just having a quick skim through this article that I'll link to in the show notes, that people are being pickier and just choosing who they actually get I don't think people rush into marriage as much anymore. I think they actually want to be in longer-term longer, longer
0: term relationships. Yeah, they. I, w- I wish I was a, an example of that. I'm an example of many things. One of those things being what not to do. What when it caused it comes, you to get married? Um, we got married to um, keep my parents... To kind, of, kind of to keep my parents happy, kind of because it was what... Um, kind of all of our friends expected of us. We had a kid and we thought, well, we should get married because then it looks like we're a real family. Okay. Um, and then we had another kid and that triggered us splitting up and that was kind of two and a, two, two and a bit years ago now. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yes. So, yeah, we got married for the wrong reasons. We weren't really right for each other in the beginning, um, but we managed to kind of make it work long enough to fool ourselves into thinking it was going to happen. Um, when really we weren't Neither of us were happy So we're much happier now
1: Yeah good Yeah That's a good thing then it Yes It was the right
0: decision It was the right decision So what's
1: your good news man Hit me up McF- McFlurry McFlu- M-
0: McFlurry McDonald's to scrap McFlurry lids And single use Plastic salad bowls They've already done it With the straws I was waiting <coughs> for them To do it with the McFlurries And then I saw The same article This morning on Reddit Yeah I'm sorry I coughed I'm ill McDonald's will remove Plastic lids from its McFlurry ice cream desserts As part of a push To be more environmentally friendly the change will come across. Uh, will come into full force across all UK restaurants in September. The fast food giant has announced that uh, the chain prepares to remove single-use plastic from its salad bowls as of next week, serving them instead in cardboard containers, which are 50% recycled. Altogether, the two changes are expected to reduce plastic waste by 485 metric tonnes every year.
1: Yeah, because they must... I mean... I don't... I question how many McFlurries most McDonald's actually sell because half the time you try and get The one, bloody
0: machine's not working. <laughs> the machine's just not working. It's
1: never working. I love how and much The milkshake a, machine is never internet, working. Yeah, it's an internet sensation. It's just an absolute joke all over the internet about how much the McDonald's ice cream machine
0: never works. Have you ever tried to um, order a non-breakfast item during breakfast? Mm, a non, no, I've never, no. So go to McDonald's next time you're. Before a, 10.30. Before 10.30, everyone. Go to McDonald's and try and order something that's not on the breakfast menu. They freak out. Is what do you mean? They're like, uh, but it's breakfast and we can't. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I just want a cheeseburger. Have you seen. Uh, I think just sit there and have, have you seen An- panic. Have, have you seen Ant Man? Yeah. You know the bit where he gets out of prison, he works at Baskin Robbins, and the guy goes, uh, I'll have a burger. And he goes, no. Oh, uh, well, we don't do that. It's Baskin Robbins. We do ice cream and, and waffles. And he goes, um, okay, I'll have, um, I'll have fries. And he goes, no, 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 Baskin Robbins. He goes, I'll have whatever's hot and fresh. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I am remembering that. Baskin Robbins always finds out. Um, yes, so good things. Well done, McFlurry people. What's your, your favourite McFlurry they've ever done? You know, they're doing half McFlurries now. Did they ever do a mini? Yeah, yeah they've been doing them for years. For the years. little men. For the littlest men, yeah. That means Luca can get a McFlurry Did... that, he act- that he can actually bloody finish.
1: Did they ever do a mini egg one? Ooh. I mean, I used to be really basic. I just used to get the smarty one. The smarty one's really good. The smarty one's the best. Yeah, it's underrated. But I don't know if they still do the smarty one, but they're, Well, Aurea. recently. Oreo very... is very good. Oh,
0: you know. Oh, I know the best one. They don't do it anymore, Jammy Dodger. I oh, never had that. Oh my days!
1: I uh, I did have. Oh, the crunchy one was okay. Yeah. But I did recently have the Aero one, and it was okay. And then I discovered they did a peppermint Aero
0: one. I was like, that would have been better. Is that just like mint choc chick ice cream at the end of the day? Mint choc chip. <laughs> mint choc chip. Yes, probably. Okay, but yeah. Well done
1: on getting on the hype train, McDonald's. Yeah,
0: killing the it. The straws thing, I'm still, I'm still reeling over that. Because, yeah, it's a bit annoying that. Yeah, the, the it's not annoying because obviously it's for a good cause and it's like you know we do want to save the planet as much as but we can. But they're bad straws. But they're bad straws. They're really bad. Yeah, I've got a wet mouth, and that straw's disintegrating in my mouth. Mm. Not, yeah. Not happening. Yeah. Okay, so what you so look fifteen minutes in? Bang on. Bang on, mate. Some would say almost the perfect time (laughs) so we did have some feedback uh gratefully received from a friend of ours who said um that sometimes it takes us too long to get to the essay so we're gonna try we're gonna try people and push the first 15 minutes is gonna be catching up hitting ourselves with the news and then we're gonna get into the essay so this is it look 16 minutes gone bang tidy Let's go. Right, so we are currently looking at part two of one of the longest Well, it's not. No, I'm pretty sure creativity is Creativity's, creativity's very long. That's a mammoth. Relationships is also really long. I reread that the other day. Yes. Um but yes, we we have written our minimalist manifesto, which if you want to read, you can go to manifestsimplicity.com forward slash minimalism. Um it's it's a long one, but the reason it's long is because we wanted to give Our understanding of what minimalism is and how we like to portray, um, uh, how we like to um, live our lives in a way that that kind of tells people that we are um, living intentionally and making choices based on um, pursuing our passions and optimizing our lives and contributing to others. So... If you want to hear part one, you just re re When I cross a bottle, you go back to last week's episode, Minimalism, part one. This is gonna be called Minimalism Two. And what you'll do is you'll listen to that first half where we talk about um, change of mindset and then decluttering. And then you can listen to this second half. You can come back and find minute 18 and where we will be talking about optimization of life and contribution to others. So, manifestsimplicity.com forward slash minimalism, and you will see the essay in its entirety, but we are only going to be talking about sections, two, uh, sections three and four. So if you need the previous ones, go back to last week's episode. Right, minimalism is not a style of art. Well, yes it is, but in this essay we will discuss how minimalism can benefit us when applied as part of an ongoing lifestyle. The world around us is constantly telling us that... In order to be be fulfilled, we must dedicate ourselves to the pursuit of more. We are bombarded with images of what success looks like. We exist in a consumer culture that prioritizes new over now, that values easy over meaningful, and that preaches buy over build. We believe that there is an alternate approach. The only way to overcome the world's constant pressure to buy, consume, and aspire is to live in the opposite direction, focusing on our passions living with just the essentials and throwing off the notion that in order to be happy, we must own, do and be more. So we've looked at a change of mindset. We have looked at reducing our clutter and now we are getting into an optimization of life. So you have changed the way you've looked at the world. You have started making like slightly different decisions based on that change of outlook. You have then Taken some kind of practical steps to get rid of all the kind of unnecessary things in your life, the kind of clutter, the overabundance of not only physical things, but yes, your your relationships and digital things like social media and email and all that kind of stuff can also be decluttered. Um, decluttering your mind is obviously super helpful as well. And if you want to go back and read, we did an s. We did decluttering. a little. We yeah, you can read decluttering. But you can also go back and read our write up on meditation because we did a little experiment a few months ago where we meditate. We tried to meditate every day. Um, and there's some information about decluttering your mind in there also. And now we're getting into optimization of life. So you have changed your mindset. You have got rid of all your stuff and cleared some space. And now we're talking about. Growing into the space that you have created. So optimization of life. Craggles, you wrote this bit. I'm I'm going to read it and then I'm going to read all the way through to the end and then we're going to discuss it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, optimization of life off the back of the previous two subjects. And if I cough and splutter, you'll have to forgive me. I am ill and I did warn you. Optimization of life. A lack of clutter brings an opportunity for growth. Minimalism allows mental growth and provides us with the space to develop ourselves. We achieve the ability to focus on our passions, plan our time more meaningfully, and grow ourselves as people. Removing the physical items in our lives leaves visual room for us to move into. By not having clutter take up our sights each day, we are left to move into that newly found space and fill it full of thoughts, ideas, inspirations, and in turn, become a better person. You can finally pursue that project you haven't had time for recently. Or start on your climb up that metaphorical hill to achieving your fitness goal. The real question is, what will you do with all of the mental space? Life optimization creates a positive and happy space for us to truly develop. Our routines are redefined. Our goals adjusted and our focus shifted towards a simpler, more meaningful life. So Craig, when it comes to optimization of life, you... Are the guru the, the Zen master You are the Zen master of life optimization okay we've done some stuff on schedules, planning schedules, planning. routines, passions yeah. yes so talk me through your understanding of so you you have taken this sort off. the thing is you don't have to do these things in the same, in the right order No 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 some people take the take step two get rid of all their stuff and then think right now I've cleared all my stuff I can start to think a little bit differently. Some people optimize their life first, realize that there's lots of stuff in the way and then get rid of all the things they don't need.
1: Yeah, it's a very uh, not one size fits all
0: situation. Yeah, so how does your, your your journey kind of started out with a change of mindset and then you have gone to optimization of life? Um, so talk me through your journey and kind of where you are and how your routine and you and pursuing your passions has changed based on your new minimum... I mean, not new, but you've been doing this for kind of a year now. Yeah. Um, on that kind of that kind of change in how you spend your time.
1: Right. So, yeah, so I was someone growing up, used to play a lot of video games, used to... Um, I was always brought up very tidy, very clean, very organised, and it's always something that I think from a kid has sort of been ingrained into me, so... When it came up to minimalism, I hated clutter. I hated... Um, my mind always used to go like a mile a minute. And I'd always be thinking about something else while trying to focus on what I was currently doing. Yeah. Uh, do
0: you ever get that? Uh, <coughs> yes, I am. I am always thinking about something else. My, I can never switch my brain off. That you can never just... I, I find it sometimes really hard. I
1: have to train myself to be back in the moment. and there are times when I'm currently in the middle of doing something and I'm on autopilot and I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, I need to do that tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I need to do that, and then I need to do that, and then I need to do that, and then I'll forget to do one of those, like, three or four things, and I'm like, oh, damn, I need to do that. And my my brain, my space in my brain was just taken up with remembering things that I'd forget, that I'd think about once and forget to write down or organise or plan. Yeah. And uh, with minimalism, having less visual clutter meant more space for mental uh i don't really know what to call it mental acuity process yeah mental acuity and it meant then that i was able to plan things um i wasn't constantly looking at like recycling and going right cool i need to take that out right that'll come with me next and Oh, right, yeah, I need to take that poster down, or I need to polish that, I need to dust that, I need to tidy that away, or I need to hoover that. Like, it's sort of, I've managed to build those things into a little bit more of a habit and a routine now that I do automatically, yeah, allowing me to think more about the things I'm excited about. So, yeah, the podcast, uh, photography, um, going out, spending time with Jenna, the dog, my friends, yeah. So, having that, what I wanted to try and convey in that short little Piece that I wrote there was seeing things visually can also take up a lot of your mental space. Yeah, it's like walking into a room after forgetting to tidy something. You can be like, right, okay, cool. I need to do that. And by doing by seeing that and having that thought, you're then taking away from the things you actually want to be thinking about. Yeah, um, and that's something that I've worked on a lot. So after reading James's James Clear's book Atomic Habits,
0: yeah. did you just first name him like your buddies? James. James. Me and James. I was going to say, yeah. Claire's book.
1: Um, like i nicknamed him. Yeah. But We, after call, him, reading, we call him Windows because he's <laughs> so clear. After reading that, I became suddenly a lot more aware of what my habits were and where I was going yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily wrong, but where I was letting myself down. And... Coming home from work and sitting in front of the TV and wanting to play games or watch TV shows was a was a habit I had. Yes. And I really wanted to get out of that habit. Not that it was bad per se, but it was unproductive. Yes. And I wanted to come home and say there was pots that needed doing rather than go, okay, I'll do those later. I would just get home. I would do them while I was up. I would... Yeah. And my new reward would be playing the games or watching the TV show or editing the photos <laughs> or... It would be something or something that I enjoyed, like an yeah. award to myself. So I've now slowly but surely started to increase my habit of being a bit more proactive with things, so that I can then spend the, my dedicated time thinking about what I want.
0: Yeah. So I think the the optimization of life thing is interesting because um, it doesn't just obviously. The, yeah, you're you're right. You're you've you've talked about in in like a wider sense. Yeah. Like in order to allow ourselves time and energy to focus on the things we want to focus on it really does help to have all the other stuff either automated or part of a routine or part of a habit that recreates or planned yeah or just planned another
1: part of it is planning like using um the essay i wrote on routines yeah is basically all like tasks i think i called it it was all about planning things properly and using apps or pen and paper and just writing stuff down
0: helps getting ahead getting ahead of your own brain um i think life optimization and this part particularly is um is actually wider than that because it takes into account things like sleep Mm. things like nutrition um planning obviously we've talked about routines and habits but also things like finances and, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. And passion, making your passions a priority. Um, I think overall, what it should, <laughs> what it should break down to is like you have finite time. Don't waste it doing things that don't build you up or don't build other people up. And if you are literally coming home from work, eating a eating a ready meal, and sitting looking at your phone while the TV blares in the background, not talking to the person that you live with, and not exploring a passion and not moving yourself forward in life then you you have an opportunity right here to kind of reassess and think how could i be using my always be thinking how could i be using my time better Mm. and if that means planning in i have to i mean i have to plan in everything otherwise it just doesn't get done run write eat eat yeah (laughs) um yeah like dedicated time is super helpful but it definitely extends further than your routines and habits and you're planning into things like, yeah, you know, sleep and nutrition. And I think you finances. have to be careful
1: not to put too much pressure on yourself, though. Like, one of the habits I sometimes fall into, or the, the bad habits I fall into, should I call it, like, it's putting a lot of pressure on myself. So if I tell myself, cool, I want to be better at uh, getting out of the house more, uh, yeah. and I don't do it for, like, a week, I'll... I'll I'll beat myself up about it, and I shouldn't because then I don't want to do it, and I'm like, oh, well, I've not done it a week, you know, like oh, and then it starts to make me feel bad, and I fall into a rut of feeling bad about it. Right. Whereas what you do need to do is be like, you know what? I've had this week off. I'll start back up again. Um, yeah, like I, I. But I'm not saying take a week off. I'm just saying don't be
0: too hard on yourself if. Things, yeah. Because life gets in the way. Correct. You, you know like it's gonna say yeah, you can't really control everything else that's going on. No
1: exactly and, you know there are extenuating circumstances that life will get in the way sometimes work may get in the way kids you know the dog, your partner, um, family, friends anything can get in the way. so don't necessarily beat yourself up about it um, just try and get back on it as quick as you can and make yourself feel better about it.
0: Yeah like I, I, I think that oh there's a really good quote about failure. Failure is not the end of the road. It is a tight bend that you cannot see around without forward movement. Yes, you just have to keep going. I like that. Who's, who's that from? Me. Oh,
1: you made that. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's powerful. Yes, it is. That's, <laughs> that's, that's very, very powerful. Yeah, uh, so,
0: yeah, really, really like that. Failure is not the end of the road. It is a tight bend that you cannot see around without forward movement. There was a really good quote I heard recently, and I, I'm... I'm going to hate myself for mentioning
1: it now because... Butcher I, it. Go on. No, I can't remember what it is. Uh, I just remember, like, I think I must have been watching, like, Fear the Walking Dead or something. And there was a quote in there uh, that one of the characters says to another one. And I was like, wow, that's actually really good. Yeah. And I really meant to write it down and I completely forgot. Ah.
0: <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll have to re-watch the episode and find out. Your, and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Your, your quote... That I really liked about life optimization was that you don't rise. This actually might not be yours. It might be James Clear. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Uh, that might have been James Clear. Yeah, so you don't. You're. We don't. You're not being judged on on the level of the things that you're trying to achieve. You. That's not what defines how well you do. But you. What defines how well you do and how f- fucking, uh, how far you go. I just said fucking by accident. How far you end up going, yeah, how far you end up going is how the kind of bed that you're living on, the kind of bedrock of your life, how set in stone that is, Mm. that stuff, your routines and your habits and your planning, that stuff defines... the systems. A.K.A. your systems defines how well the rest of your life goes in some circumstances. Um, So, yes, life optimization. There's... Much more to be understood about life optimization. I think at some point in the next few months, we should be looking at writing something about finances. I agree. As 100%. someone, as someone who is twenty eight years old and still struggles to handle finances, um, I feel like I have a unique perspective. You own a home. I do own a home. I'm a renter. I am
1: someone that has in the past struggled with finances right. very badly. Yeah. Uh, not while I say that like it's awful. It's not that awful, but my previous job um, and various other situations. I got myself in a situation where I used to be quite frivolous with right. things, and like a store card would be nothing to me. And I always knew I never wanted a credit card, but things like store cards and just buying things for the sake of wanting them and being like, yeah. okay. I will sacrifice this to buy myself this. Yeah. Um, got me in a situation where I was very unhappy and in a bad situation with it. Yeah. And I clawed myself out of that with help from my friends, uh,
0: which I owe a lot to.
1: Yeah. Um, paid it all off now, paid it all back, and I'm on the up and up. So. Yeah, nice. I think
0: definitely we should do something it's, about finances. It's been something I've been toying with writing about for a couple of months, but... Haven't found the right, the right inspiration or the right time to put it together. I think
1: minimalism does help you a lot. <coughs> and someone like Matt Diavella doesn't tend to shy away from something like that. How much, like I think he was like ninety six thousand pounds in debt yeah. when he and he moved back home with his parents and after he paid university or college. Uh, and he read a book by Seth Godin. Yes.
0: And uh, I can't remember the name of the book, but we will find it. And his blog is incredible, by the way. He yeah. writes. He writes a, a new essay every day. Does he every Seth day? Gordon, yeah. Oh, interesting. Just mad and yeah. all of it's smart. You know, like if you're writing every, I write I write songs every day. Some of them are dog shit. Some of them pretty good. How do you know though that he doesn't read
1: them? Um... How do you know he doesn't just write them all on like a few on a day and
0: then span them out? He might do. But you post a new one every day. Oh, but they're good though. Yeah. But they're, they're good really every good. day. Um so yes, definitely something on finance would be helpful. I think we should do something on sleep and nutrition. Or something on rest. Yeah. Um, because it's, I think I think it's not it's not something that we've explored as in depth as we should, seeing as it's in the minimalist manifesto that we're pushing. Um what's happening? i am just sorry, I'm just trying to find out the uh, the book. Okay. Um, and then yes, passions as priorities. I think the point of life optimization is that you should be making the most of life. And ah, Ramit Sethi. Ramit Sethi. Ramit, teach I will teach you to, you to be, rich. be rich. Yeah, so Matt Diavella interviewed this guy recently, right? He
1: did. That's yeah. That's how I found it. And a unique voice on money. So this guy was basically the reason Matt Diavella. We're gonna uh, read this, and then we're gonna write about money. Yep. Yeah, from good. our perspective, so Matt Diavella apparently read this, and it changed his life. So if you need help. Uh, With finances, I would suggest Ramit Sethi Sethi and his book, I Can Teach You To Be Rich. I Can Teach You To Be Rich.
0: Okay, wonderful. There are also other things you can read on our website about life optimization. Craig wrote Tasks and Routines, so you should check both of those out because they are really, really good. Um, We will be hitting you with some essays on sleep, nutrition, finances, and passions as priorities in the next couple of months, so head to manifest simplicity.com put your email address in the little box press the button and you will be part of our cult
1: cult cult cult
0: okay so now so you've changed your mindset you're starting to see the world in a slightly different way when you change the world you when you change the way you look at things the way you the things you look at change great you have got rid of all of your stuff like, not not all of your stuff. You've got rid of all the superfluous stuff that you don't need. You just don't need it anymore. You don't need. It's gone. Get you it don't out. Need a fifteenth loofah. So get rid of it. Why loofahs every time? I don't know. I just think loafer is such a funny word. Um, and then you have started to kind of move towards a a optimized way of life. A more where, productive approach. Where you are sleeping better. You are having healthier relationships with your partners and your friends. You are more positively thinking you are better planned, you have routines in place that help you move forward. you are prioritizing your passions and then once once, once all of that is in place, you can think about how you contribute to others. So this is part part four. Um, a life with less is a life of more. Once we have changed our minds, cleared our lives of clutter and built ourselves the lives we want and need. We have a responsibility to pass on our learnings to those behind us. In our essay, Uphill, which is one of the first ever ones on our, it was on busted, our side, yeah. we spoke to Charlie Dark, who is the founder of Rundem Crew and is a Lululemon uh, ambassador and a yoga teacher and a DJ and a poet and basically an all-round legend. Um, We spoke to Charlie Dark about his motivation. What we learned about forward movement is that when we win, we allow others to win too. The wake we leave behind us when we move is an invitation for others to do the same. If we have found the secret, which we believe is a life of simplicity and intentional, meaning-focused decision-making, it is important that we share that message with as many people as possible. Maybe not through preaching and teaching, but just through living as an example for others. So I often get this question. Mick, why do you have so much energy? You do have Um, a lot of energy. I do have a lot of energy. Um, My answer is normally, I'm just having a really good day. Or like, I'm just really happy. Or I'm just excited to be here. I'm excited for life i'm excited for life i'm excited to help some people today
1: i think you said to me yesterday guess who's gassed and then the answer was obviously you and you were like i'm excited to be alive that's it that was a conversation we had briefly
0: yesterday yeah and then my answer this is what my fictional answer would be oh okay i'm always excited because my joy is not diluted by the end of the pursuit of things Ooh. <laughs> can you imagine someone, the snobby approach can you imagine somebody actually answered like that Um, So once we have have changed our approach, decluttered and optimized our lives, we can pass on to others that which enables us to reach a place of simplicity. We reduce life down to its essence and it impacts three main areas slightly differently. So when you hear us, when you hear the end of the podcast, you hear us go out with this, this little statement which defines what we're trying to achieve with our minimalism. So brain, heart and mind. Brain. Less clutter and fewer distractions means renewed focus and greater intentionality around the things we need to get done. Perfect. Heart. When we're not overwhelmed by life, you give your heart permission to explore passions, follow new paths, and grow emotionally. Awesome. And then the mind. The space in our lives is best used by our creative minds. Let go and get going. So, live a life of intention. Rid yourself of the excess of life. Reassess your situations and through it view it through a lens of simplicity. And remember, when your life is simple, you allow space for your brain to work, for your heart to explore, and for your mind to be creative. Simple isn't always easy, but it's always more fulfilling. And we'll see you next time on Manifesting. No, we won't, because that's not the end. It's the end of the essay, but it's not the end of the podcast, everyone. So don't switch off just yet, because Ask Reddit is coming up in Ooh. about ten minutes. Um. Okay. Cool. So yes, you have changed the way you look at things. You have decluttered you have started to kind of move towards a place of greater uh, intentionality around your routines and your finances and your sleep and your relationships and then I think it is about how we can contribute to others the way we've discussed contribution to others in this essay is yes telling them about how not telling them but like showing people that there is an alternative to the way that the world expects us to live if you chase upwards all you find is is discontent. If you chase downwards, you reach solid ground. That's kind of what we've always been been talking about, and what we're kind of, the message that we're trying to share with people. But contribution to others is also pretty simple. It's helping as many people as possible from the situation that they're in to a situation where they're happier. If that means us volunteering. That's what we need to do.
1: I saw this happen today when I was walking back from town. Yeah. Uh, I was out photographing the Manchester Day Parade. And um, there was a girl that seemed to be near my flat on, on the canal. There was a girl on with her bike. And she wasn't riding the bike. She was, like, pushing it along. But it was le- lent up against the wall for a second. And she, like, was doing something with it. And then, like, gave it a kick on the, on the suspension. Not, like, an aggressive one. Just like she was trying to get it working, but the bike looked fine. Yeah. And then she lent it off the wall and started walking away from it. And she didn't seem to have much trouble with the bike moving along. So I thought, oh, that was a bit weird. Maybe maybe she kicked it back in place or something. Right. And then the guy that was walking in front of me as we were coming up the slope off the canal turned around and looked. And she was leaning it against the wall again like there was something wrong and decided to turn around, go back over to her and help her, despite them both going in opposite directions. Yeah. For sure. So he'd obviously realized that something was potentially wrong, stopped turned around and checked um, and then ended up basically going over to help her
0: from what i understand. Like I carried on walking and didn't see the outcome but yeah. So it's a it's a it's a small yeah, so volunteering and then also things like that like acts of kindness where if you have if you have the knowledge of how to un unhook someone's stuck chain on their bike, which i do, and someone has a stuck chain on their bike, it's part of our responsibility as people who are kind of trying to live as intentionally as possible to try and help other people if we have the the ability to do so that and doesn't, te- teach that other person as well like, so while you're doing it yes. show them yeah. how so to in case they didn't already fix it and then say look this is what I did for next time all, you, all all I did was I pushed this back it takes a bit of brute force you pull it out you hook it back on and then you like I've done that before I've been out on a long run and that exact situation happened a guy came off his bike in front of me
1: oh yeah you've meant and to his this chain before.
0: and his chain like got trapped in the in the back wheel and I forgot to stop my watch, so my run ended up being like three hours long or whatever. But I was there for like Lies. I was there for like forty minutes, trying to help this guy solve his bike problem. And then yeah, we just literally we 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 solved it, and ever and there was like three of us by that point. Um, but like a normal, and I'm doing bunny ears again. A normal person's approach to that would be like, oh, that's a shame for that guy. Hope he gets it sorted, or not even hope he gets it sorted. Oh, that's a shame for that guy. And yeah. carry on with your day. But if you're living in a way that's kind of like intentional and kind of always thinking about how you could be contributing to someone else's happiness, why not just like stop, take a bit of time out of your day, out of your know-how and share with them something that, yes, is going to help them out on that day, but also might help them out more long term. Even if you don't know the answer, help someone work it out. hundred oh, percent. But
1: also like you mentioned about helping the other person become happy again. Like the amount of times I've helped people before, and felt happy because of it.
0: Oh, it's, yeah. so,
1: it's so, so good. Yeah. Like I've helped someone get somewhere or I've helped someone with directions or like you say with the bike chain situation and you feel better for it afterwards because now they're not in a bad situation, you're not in a bad situation and you both feel good for it. Yeah, helping
0: people like- Everyone con- is elated. Correct, contributing to other people actually is a little selfish because you feel great afterwards. When you've helped mm. someone out And you've kind of gone out of your way or kind of taken some time or energy, a bit of your attention to help someone move from where they are to where they want to be. It does feel great. Yeah, it It does feel really, really good. good. Part of our job is doing that for people every day, Mm. which is part of why I love what we do. Um, And this podcast as well has, in its own way, helped some people move from where they are to where they want to be which is the entire reason we're doing what we're doing, we have seen some benefit from living a minimalist lifestyle and kind of not being kind of suckered into the consumerist world, understanding that buying more things is not going to make you happy, understanding that pursuing more is not going to bring you greater meaning in your life. We've seen some value from that. So we should, yes, be sharing that, that value with others but also if it's made us happier why not just try and make other people happy even if it's not going up to them and bashing them on the head with a minimalism preach even if it's just oh let me help you with your bike let me buy your starbucks let me tell you that your shoes look great today let me hold the door open for you let me let me do something that kind of that kind of lets you know that there are nice people out there and that they are all around you and they may not always show themselves, but I'm one of them and I want to help you out if I can.
1: I think everyone should or can relate to the holding a door open for someone. like, And I'm guilty of it, but you, open, you hold a door for someone, it's only polite that they say thank you, but not everyone will say thank you. And it's interesting that a lot of us automatically, as a society, expect other people to say thank you, and when they don't, we're annoyed about it. But they didn't ask us to hold that door open, we
0: just did it. Yeah, I think I think.
1: Yeah, so I, there's a, there's a weird, the there's a is weird a line, tough. isn't there? Yeah, like, it's a
0: tough one. Am I doing this because I want you to say thank you, or am I doing this because genuinely I just want to do something nice for you? That's why the that's why the McDonald's and Starbucks drive through thing is interesting mm. because you don't give them an opportunity to thank you. I did it this morning. Oh, did you? Yeah. So I, I got I got my wrap, and I got me a coffee. Got you. Not a this coffee. morning. The day before, oh, the I got my wrap and I got my coffee at the drive-through. There was one guy behind me in his car, and I said, "What's he ordered?" Double check he's not ordering five thousand hash browns. He ordered a coffee and he ordered a hash brown. I was like, "Cool, I'ma pay for it." She was like, "What?" I said, "Yeah, I'd like to pay for that guy's as well if it's okay." And she said, uh, "Okay, cool." And I bleeped my card again. It went through, and then I went to collect mine. And before and as I got there. As I got to collect the food, he was obviously arriving to pay. She said, oh, it's all right, someone's taken care of it. The guy, obviously, I mean, I wasn't there, but this is what she. I imagined she said. The guy in front of you's is taking care of it. I, out of the car park so that he can't, like, come up and be like, thanks so much. I don't want to be thanked. I just want to do something nice. So what you. a funny situation would be imagining that guy going, oh, what a mug he's paid for my food, and you're
1: like, that's fine. No, but that's what I mean. Like You'll never know what his reaction was. Yeah. But you don't need to. You know that you did a nice thing.
0: Yeah, I did a, I did a, I did a thing for someone who... My only hope is that, that people pass it on a little bit. I yeah. Wanna, I want to I wanna do something nice for someone and then they feel so good about it that they go, oh, fuck, that's a really because normal Because the idea. next
1: time they go through that same drive through or a drive through again, they might be like, oh, do you remember that time that guy bought me a coffee? Or do you remember that guy? That time that guy paid for my drink or my food. Yeah. Like in front of me. Oh, I might do that. What's who's behind me? You know.
0: So you might be passing it on. You never know. Yeah, you I could th- have inspired someone. I th- to do I it. think like
1: this podcast may have inspired someone to do. It.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. Um, I think like yeah, part of our our job job at work is. We we help people and we don't charge. Well, sometimes yeah, no, solving, we sometimes we solve yeah. a problem. We don't charge. People go. How much do I owe you? how much does that you know cost? what that really makes me feel good when people
1: do that because i'm like what do you mean like you're expecting to pay for this level of service yeah and you, it's completely free
0: i always say to them the only payment i require from you is to go and enjoy the rest of your day oh that's cheesy oh that's cheesy do you think
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry i saw a pigeon
0: <laughs> Woo! Saw a there pigeon. was a pigeon. <laughs> pigeon flew past it's okay <laughs> No, but like it is the, the sentiment is there, even if it is very cheesy. No, it is, but it's, it's very you to say that. It's though. very me to say that, yeah. I'm I'm a bumper sticker. My like, it's fifty quid for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me 50 quid. No, I think like if if we do things to be thanked or paid, that's one thing. But I would prefer not to be thanked in some situations. That's one of them. When you're buying someone a coffee or whatever, I don't wanna I don't wanna feel like i've done it to get the thank you i've done it because i want you to feel good and i want to feel good about helping there's a
1: difference of doing it in person and contributing because if you do it in the car like you say there's no there's no opportunity to be thanked yeah but if you do it in person there's an opportunity for someone to go oh no don't worry about it you don't have to buy it so there's there's an opportunity for the other person to think oh no don't worry about it i'll buy it myself if they say that i always say okay no, which is absolutely fine, but you're then giving the them the opportunity to turn around and be like, Oh no, don't worry, don't do this nice thing for me that you're trying to do. I don't
0: want it. Yeah, but that's because people have this perception that you want you want, you want something, something from, from them. Yeah. yeah. So I w- if that's gonna happen, I will um yeah, it's very difficult because you kind of have to gauge the person that you're that you're with or that you're yeah. You have to gauge it if it's a a lovely old lady or a lovely old man and you're like chatting to them in the queue or you, I don't know, you know. Do you 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 know what, actually? You can gauge the
1: situation. Prime example of this, sorry, I'm just, I'm having a thought that I need to get out while you're talking about this and it's, it's just interaction with other humans, like other strangers. Yeah, like well, so I love.
0: That, I love an interaction. So with I a know
1: you obviously. I can have an interaction with you. Absolutely, it's normal. It's fine. But to have an interaction with a stranger is very unusual for a lot of people. I had like, one on the way here. You did, and so did I, sort of. Yeah. So on the way to mix tonight, there was a massive accident and the lane was closed. There was like 100 police cars around dealing with some sort of nonsense. I think
0: there was a crash because there was a fire recovery vehicle that went past me on the way to it. Flashing right, lights.
1: okay. So I, I I didn't see that and I was only just ahead of you. Right. But the the loads of roads were closed off and anyway, um, I let this car go in front of me as it went to turn left and yeah. I was like, I'll follow you. Yeah. So I followed this car all the way around. Neither of us not knowing seemingly where we were going, <laughs> yeah. just knowing that we need to get on the other side. What of you this, didn't, what uh, you didn't know, what
0: you didn't know, is that you were following them, but they were following you. Probably. They were yeah. just checking all your all your signals and then making them a bit quicker than you. Uh, it was yeah, it was interesting,
1: and and I ended up pulling up next to this uh, this woman in this Peugeot afterwards. And we sort of exchanged a little smirks. Look, yeah. yeah, we exchanged smirks with each other, right, oh, other because I'd followed her. She followed traffic, me. Yeah. Well, not followed me. Like I'd followed her, but she knew she was very aware that I was following her. Right. I think. And um Could have been creepy. Could have been, but we just sort of looked at each other and she looked at me and I looked at her and we just sort of shared a smirk. You doffed your cap. I didn't doff my cap. <laughs> no, <you laughs> but
0: should
1: we have just done. sort of Milady. Milady. <laughs> 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 Mine wasn't as vocal uh, as a vocal interaction like yours was, but it just interaction with other humans and other like strangers I want to call them yeah. is very interesting Yeah. and you can meet some very like walking are, a dog
0: people are so scared of it walking a dog yeah.
1: is one of the best ways to speak to just random people I've made so I know so many people in my area now just from walking around with the dog and even if I see them and I've not got my dog now I'm like oh hey you okay yeah. And they're like, oh yeah how are you you alright like, and it's even, it's just a polite exchange of people yeah. like, between two people but it makes you feel nice
0: yeah I think um I think People are often scared of that because they're scared of uh, rejection.
1: And I, yeah, but I, I yeah, and I, but I think that relates to contributing to others. And yeah, just, I think for sure, like if you're, you don't have to have a full blown podcast going with them, but you can just be like, oh, hey, how are you doing? You okay? Yeah. Oh, what was the day like? God, you know, just a quick small talk
0: conversation. Yeah. You, you might brighten their day, but you'll definitely brighten your own. Yeah, I think like, um, yeah. People are a little scared of it. I basically just don't have it. I don't have a filter or any fear, so I will just I will chat up anyone at any time. You yeah,
1: you definitely don't. Have um, a filter. You're a very big extrovert.
0: Um, which which gets me in trouble sometimes because I don't have I don't have a filter and I don't shut up. So, yeah, it can it can work the other way, but I think um, I think yeah, the 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 chatting to other people, the reason that it makes so much sense is because because I'm. Uh, in general overflowing with energy and kind of happiness i wouldn't say i'm i wouldn't say i'm happy all the time i have my moments but like because i kind of have a positive outlook and i'm kind of overflowing with that energy it kind of just automatically spills out and i'll see i don't know like today like here we go another example on the way into work today there was a woman who clearly had like loads of luggage right struggling across a Crossing, looking at her phone, clearly looking at a map, and like looking around trying to work out where she was going. I was at the crossing, one down my window. You lost. (laughs) She goes, yeah, I'm looking for the bus stop. I was like, right, turn right here, head all the way down there, and then turn left right at the end. She was like, all right, thanks. But if I didn't have, so then she goes. You could have just
1: been what a mug and driven off. She
0: goes to the bus stop, and she's she goes, oh, thank you, and then she she gets to the wrong bus stop. Do you know what I mean? Like if if I had been kind of in my own in my own head a little bit and in situations, some situations I am, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to anyone else sometimes. Um, the, yeah, the fact that I'm kind of overflowing means that I kind of have the ability to do that. Um, which is great in some contexts, not always great, but it was great. But I think as well on the flip of that,
1: you have to have some positive intent sometimes as well. So someone trying to do something nice, you have to have that positive intent yeah. And some people, I think, by default, we will naturally fall back, uh, go back into sort of, oh, well, this person wants something from me, so I'm not going to speak to them. Yeah. Or they want to do this for me. Uh, what do they want in return? Things like that, and I think it can also be received negatively if you don't have any positive intent. Right. But if you have, if you have some positive intent with the person trying to do something nice for you. Yeah you know, your day's ultimately better and so's there. So yeah. you're contributing again, but yeah. negative intent is only going to create negative intent, like vibes for both yourself and the other person.
0: Correct. Okay, cool. Lots of good chat. What we're going to do is you're going to go and read the whole essay and then you're going to re-listen to both these episodes of the podcast.
1: Both of them. <laughs> both Two of them hours of time. your
0: time. Um, cool. Head to manifestsimplicity.com forward slash minimalism. Read the essay. We're going to get into... uh, 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 Ask Reddit. Where we're going to talk about... (coughs) Excuse my cough. Cough, wow. Um, Rude. So I'm going to do my one first because I'm the best. People who have adopted a life of... uh, Yeah, obviously they're both about minimalism this week. Oh yeah, mine is, yeah. People who have adopted a life of minimalism. How did you do this and what are the positive or negatives of such a lifestyle?
1: Interesting. Um, what people that... Ne- well, people that need an answer to this question should just listen
0: to last week and this week's episode. They definitely should. Okay, so this is a good one, right? Oh, you found answers people. I found people. a good answer. is quite long, so bear with me. Oh. The negatives are very... Minimal. Oh, You may need to ask... Hold on, hold on. Yep, yeah, the two hands thing is Synergy. happening again. You may need to ask to borrow things slightly more often than you used to or pay a little bit to rent them. Explaining your choices to people who don't really understand who don't really want to understand it, kind of sucks. Your parents will likely never understand, especially if they're baby boomers. They'll just keep buying you shit you don't want. That's pretty much it. The rest is awesome and very freeing. It takes like 20 minutes to clean my whole house. That literally, the other day, it took me an hour to tidy the entire house. Some people will take an hour to tidy their room. Me, I don't have much stuff, so I tidy the whole thing in an hour. The whole house. I spend way less money overall. Okay, I'm not brilliant at that. And when I want to spend money on experiences instead of bullshit that doesn't bring any value to my life, that money is available. That makes perfect sense. Or when I actually want to buy something, I can... I. You get, oh, you get the quality version instead of the cheaper version without worrying about it. So my dad always says, if you buy cheap, you buy twice. That's, yeah, a lot of people do the same with, like, phone cables and stuff, don't they? Yeah. I feel no pressure to keep up with the Joneses because I left that meaningless existence behind. I mean, my existence is still meaningless, but meaningless in the way I want, not in the way that the mindless consumer propaganda machine tells me to be. It's hard to picture not having enough money that I'll need to work by the time I'm 45. I'm completely... I've completely broken the buy stuff to fill a hole thing, get bored with said stuff, buy more stuff cycle... I don't really worry about things getting stolen anymore it's all just stuff that can be replaced.
1: That's interesting that. Yeah. The yeah, things the things that matter that.
0: can't be bought, sold
1: or shelved. Done. And for me as well like that is the big one like buying not buying cheap and buying the good stuff like don't just buy something because you'll buy cheap for the sake of wanting to get the product yeah. or the item. If you buy something that will last you, yeah, you can spend you can afford to spend a bit more on it and it will last you longer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 You get me, bro. Yeah. So I, uh, my example is a uh, pair of of uh, shoes.
1: That's yeah. They're worth.
0: If you buy if you buy cheap shoes, they fall apart and they break and they don't last very long. If you buy expensive shoes, but you know a good quality, they're gonna last you much longer.
1: This people say this about Nikes. like I had a pair of Nike Air Maxes, the remake, the ninety seven remakes in red and white. And they last. I, I paid about £100 for them, and they lasted me about two and a half, three years. Amazing. And some people may get them to last longer, but I wore these like every day. Yeah. And they still lasted when I threw them away. Yeah. They, uh, i just ha- worn.
0: I've had these com- this Converse, pair of Converse that I'm wearing right now, I've owned for two and a half years.
1: Yeah. And they, they look, it's still
0: in okay condition. They're like, in they're really good condition, worn. but they are, the soles are
1: starting to like... What I found as well is since driving last year, over a year now of driving, um, they that trainers last me longer. Yep. So when I buy a new pair of trainers because I'm not wearing them in all weather conditions. Yep. And, and I'm also you're not walking everywhere. And I'm not walking in them in a lot as much anymore. Uh, like just for all sorts of places and getting yep. in all sorts of weather and having to wash them and stuff. They yep. are lasting me a lot longer. For
0: definite. Yeah, so another good answer in here was I adopted less minimalism and more intentionalism we don't care what you call essentialism. it. Essentialism. We don't care what you call it. We call it minimalism because it's very simple. Just and being smart. People get it. We call it also, yeah, a change of your mindset. So it's like smart thinking living. Intentionalism, essentialism, something about having only the things you need and then using the rest of the space that was filled with consumer nonsense to pursue your passions and help other people. Yes. I own... Uh, has no purpose, or if if what I own has no purpose, or a purpose that is better served by another item I own, then that item is no longer something I will own. Donated, sold, gave away tons of stuff. Positives, life is pretty clutter-free. I own exactly 459 items, including my shirts, pants, socks, and underwear, counting as individual things. That's pretty sick. I'm gonna count how many I have as soon as this podcast is done. I don't feel compulsion to buy more things when I know everything that is mine in the world. I still like looking at nice bicycles in the internet and watch reviews but as it stands, I'm satisfied, satisfied with the one I have. Negatives. When I, this is why I'm to me as well. When I was going through this change, people kept asking me if I was planning to kill myself. Honestly, made the process much more tedious than it needed to be. I recommend trying out minimalism. It's honestly a calm way to live and you can focus on what, what and where you want to spend your time and attention. Literally, when I first started getting rid of all my stuff, someone was like, right, are you dying? Or like... Do you have some sort of ailment that's not available to see? Yeah. Or are you going to top yourself? And I was like, no, I'm just getting rid of all the extra stuff I don't yeah, need. Yeah, you don't need it anymore. Um, hit me with your question, Craigles.
1: What uh, is a subject that you could speak about for 30 minutes straight without any preparation?
0: Um, I could do I could. Minimalism al- for this
1: essay, for this podcast, is the obvious answer. Yeah. However... Some of the answers I found were pretty good. So one of them was the behaviour of street birds. Mm -hmm. And yes, they're on about birds and not... Street birds. Not... Not whores of the night. Whores of the night. (laughs) Uh, So pigeons... And one of the facts they put underneath was pigeons bob their head... They're not whores,
0: they're ladies. They're hard-working ladies. Ladies of the night. Yeah.
1: Pigeons bob their head at 150 BPM. So if you're listening to drum and bass and watching a pigeon bob its head, it looks like it's raving along with you. That's amazing. And another one was, someone put Lord of the Rings because they know more about Middle Earth than they do about their own country.
0: They do, right? Did you copy and paste that? Uh, no, I think I wrote it. Okay, good. I just wrote what Because they wrote. if they knew more about Middle Earth than they did their own country and they didn't capitalize the M and E of Middle Earth, they clearly don't know very much about Middle Earth. No, they Middle did. Earth. I just didn't for the okay, point. good. Because I know a lot about Middle Earth. I don't. I love Lord of the Rings. They came out the 17th, 18th, and 19th of December in consecutive years. I think you told me, yeah. And my birthday is the 18th, so we went to see them every year for my birthday. Every year, except obviously you couldn't go
1: for the 19th because it wasn't your birthday. No, we went on the
0: 19th. Well, yeah, but not for your birthday. Your birthday was the day before. Shut up. All right, okay. Um, And then uh, we watched all the extended versions for the next few years after that. Yeah, so the Shards of Narsil were reforged. That's right. Correct. There's some Lord of the Rings shit for you there, bro. All right. We're okay. ready for that. So you just will turn you? this into a, a could, Lord of the Rings. I could. I could talk about. I could talk about. Um, Harry Potter. I couldn't talk about Harry Potter for half an hour. I don't think. I Min- we talk about minimalism for an hour every week. We I do. Could do that very easily. Twice over. Um, I could talk about probably I could talk about writing music. I could probably talk. Oh, I could talk about running for months. I could talk about running a lot.
1: I could talk about design. Yeah. You're good. I could probably talk about structure of planning and the advantages of being an organised individual.
0: Yeah, I could talk about uh, flavours of ice cream. Flavours of ice cream is a good one. Yeah. Um, Okay. That's it. Yeah, we're wrapping up. So, remember everyone... If you need to talk about something for half an hour, make sure it's minimalism. And if you want to learn things, Or ice cream. If you want to learn things to talk about in that half an hour, you can listen to this week and last week's podcast. On part minimalism. one, part
1: two, minimalism.
0: That's it. And right, it's time for us to get back to the real world, but we'll see you next time on Manifest Simplicity. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five, five. And, I, and I mean five, five a five-star review. Five. That, way, that way, your app will go, oh five five-star review, bump that up the chart. If you want to read more things we've written, check out the blog at manifestsimplicity.com. And if you want to keep up with our daily lives, you can find us on Instagram by searching Manifest Simplicity. On Instagram, we are now at Simplicity Pod. We are also at Simplicity Pod on Twitter. Everything oh, oh, the two that, hands are going oh, together again. The two hands have combined. The two hands have combined again. Synergy. Yes, so we have been looking for a handle to use for the last few months and we found one, Simplicity Pod. It works on both, Instagram and Twitter. So there you go, Simplicity Pod. That's it. That's it. What's your Instagram? Craig underscore W. I'm M W S X B.
1: That's long and complicated. It's but... not as
0: five letters short. Mm. I used to write in a writing team called Spring Break. That's what the S X B is, because okay. we were top trendy, right? We were replaced. replaced. the I in Spring with an X. Oh, Spring Break. Right? So MW McWarwick spring break. MW, Amazing. MWSX. And now we're boring everyone. And now watch. we're boring the shit out of everyone. Remember, when your life is simple, you allow space for your brain to work, for your heart to explore, and for your mind to be creative. Simple isn't always easy, but it's always more fulfilling. And better. And much better.